Beards for Radio. This is the Beards for Radio podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. And we had a whole episode planned out. You know, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. Very exciting. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State basketball are in the swing of things. And, uh, you know, getting to the Mandalorian. But unfortunately, the sports world and really the whole the whole world was kind of shocked the other day, yesterday, um, hearing about the passing of an all-time legend, Kobe Bryant. Um, so, you know, we're going to open with that. Sash, how you feeling, man? Uh, it's kind of a bummer, dude. You know, in 96, I was 13. My my uncle sent me a Kobe Bryant jersey to grade eight and told me, hey, this guy's going to be the next Jordan. And I'm like, all right, you know, my, my, my mom's family's from the L.A. area, San Pedro to be exact. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. You know, this is the same uncle that, you know, year previously, I think it was 94, 95, took me and my father to the um, to the uh, L.A. Forum before the Staples Center went up. And I got to watch the Lakers beat the Supersonics, you know, the, uh, the, the all-time ice cube. Uh, it was a good day quote. You know, mm-hmm. I had the booze, you had the chronic, the Lakers beat the Supersonics. I actually got to watch the Lakers beat the Supersonics. So, um and that's when, like, Cedric Sabalas and Nick Van Exel was playing for them. And, you know, I was a big fan of Sean Kemp. So I got to see all those guys play. And, you know, he got me, gave me good memories for the um, with the Lakers. And giving me the jersey, I think it just kind of started my fascination with Kobe. You get what I'm saying? I was yeah. 96, I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. Um, I wasn't really I – was, I was just starting out playing f- football be- uh, two years previously because I just – walked in from soccer and Kobe kind of got me everybody knew who Michael Jordan was everyone wanted to be like Mike be like Mike you know that you know the Gatorade song or the Nike song whatever it was (laughs) but um Kobe really got me honestly to play the game he honestly got me to play the game I actually watched him trying to like you know you're patting your game after him you know you're doing your fadeaways and you're yelling Kobe Kobe, I mean, me and my son still play uh, Call of Duty, and if you throw money grenade, you know you're screaming out Kobe because, <laughs> I mean, he's just the most – he's one of the most money basketball players ever. He's given us such, such great competitive memories. And, you know, like, people are like, well, you know, like, it's not like your grandma died. or Like, like dude, I'm going to mourn my grandma when she dies, most definitely. I'm going to mourn my family. I'm going to mourn my friends. I'm going to mourn people who are close to me. But, like, Kobe, I, I don't feel like he's – like, I've been around and a lot of celebrities have died. You know, Biggie, Pac, uh, Kurt Cobain, Junior Seau. The list can go on and on. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. those were sad. But none of these really affected me in a way Kobe did. Because I, I feel like Kobe was, like, I didn't, I didn't, when I was young, I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be a football player. I didn't want to be a thespian. I didn't want to be a rock star. So, it to me... Personally, it hit me a little harder than it would if anybody else had other aspirations. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people that have aspirations of being an athlete or people that are such sports heads, you know, it hits them a little different. I, I, I can't explain I can't explain it, but it just does. If like you didn't grow up idolizing a, a sports player, like you, you just don't get it. You don't get it. If you grew up, you know, crying when you saw someone win an Academy Award, I didn't understand that. I didn't get it. When you saw someone win a Grammy and you cried, I didn't get it. But, you know, I got this. You know what I'm saying? So 
it's 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 yeah. a blow. It's, it sucks. It really does. Yeah, and we're, we're talking about one of, if not the most influential athletes of all time. I mean, I I was born in '96, so you know I was, I was probably falling in love with basketball around '05, '06. Um, played basketball in middle school and high school, and like any teammate that I had that legitimately took basketball serious, I'm not talking about like, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade teammates. I mean, like people who were like me that wanted to, that, you know, any free time they had, they were shooting hoops. Like basically all of my teammates like that, they all idolized Kobe Bryant. Right. Um, And nobody emulated Michael Jordan's game more than Kobe Bryant did. I was just watching uh, Tracy McGrady on the jump and he was talking about, he would be hanging out with Kobe Bryant during their younger years. And Kobe was watching home video of Michael, Michael Jordan and just rewinding everything, like just such a focus on the details. Um, so it was kind of perfect that he was doing ESPN Plus's little uh, focus series called The Detail. You know, like Peyton Manning was doing it for football. He was doing it for basketball. Right. I mean, there's – there's a term for just the style of Kobe's play, the Mamba mentality, you know, mm-hmm. that some people call it killer instinct. And that's something you look for in a basketball player when you're recruiting or drafting somebody, a little bit of that Mamba mentality. Um, and it's, it's so unfortunate because of, for so many reasons, but I feel like Kobe after his injuries at the end of his career towards the end, that really humanized him because a, you know, early on, people looked up to him so much as an idol, as, you know, just a basketball god almost. And right. then he goes through these injuries, and it just – it you see him try to play through it, and it really humanized him, made him look mortal, made him look like a person. And then he, he – post-basketball Kobe was something even more exciting that the world just got robbed of. No, no, yeah, most definitely. It's like um, when you said that you were born in '96. That's when Kobe, this year Kobe was drafted. Yeah, no, I was, I was born in '83. Jordan came out in '84, '85. I forget what, what year it was. So, like, in a way, like you know, '83. They say that there's that, there's you know, there's that 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 Gen Z. You know what I'm saying, or Gen X, and then there's you know, a millennial generation. But they said there's that lost generation in the middle from, like, 78 to, like, 83, 84, who are kind of like, you know, you you have that millennial mentality going forward. You're going to understand electronics and everything, but you still hold on to the old school traditions. You know what I'm saying? It's kind yeah. of like, it's like I, I feel like I'm stuck in that generation where you kind of bridge the gap between Gen X and the millennials. And I feel like that's what Kobe was. You know what I'm saying? He bridged the gap between MJ's generation and Co- and uh, 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 LeBron's generation now. So that's why it kind of like, you know, it, it, it hits me because I feel like I'm in that generation where Kobe affected a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? Like we were so – we were kids at that time, 10, 11, 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? You're so, you know – smitten over the new thing you're so like goo goo gaga you know how kids that were 10 11 and 83 84 85 86 the 90s were about jordan you know what i'm saying so it's like you know that's why to me it's very personal i think a lot of people you know 
that know him personally, you know, obviously that's on a different level. I'm I'm just a window shopper on the outside looking in, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, it, it hurts me from that standpoint. But what what really kills me is that you have three 13-year-old girls that are gone, their parents, Kobe, this um this um helicopter pilot. It's a flipping tragedy all across the board, dude. You know, you know, which way you whichever way you slice it. I don't want those people's souls to get, you know, get lost in uh you know the the deity that we know is Kobe Bryant, and you know, yeah. you know his life and how big he was, and how giant he was, and those people are getting lost into that. So, you know, it's it's really tragic for them too. But like when you see, you know, Kobe and his daughter together, they had the same birth date, they had the same death date. They're saying that she was his his shadow, and he, it's crazy. You look at like if you look at some of her, you know, highlight tapes, she has her dad's mamba mentality. She has his little fadeaway. Like yes, who knows what this move at thirteen? It's insane. Who knows what this girl could have been, dude? Who knows? It just what could have been that? I think that's the saddest part. What could have been with all three of these girls? What could have been with these parents? What could have been with Kobe? I mean, the dude even said, "Man, you know, I mean, before he went out and scored uh the the sixty, yes, he told Shaq he was gonna do it before he won a, uh, an Oscar. He told him, I'm gonna do." these uh, shorts, I'm going to win an Oscar. That dude was saying everything he's going to do, and I feel like he was stopped short. He had so much more to offer, and, like, he did, you know how many girls he got into D1 school? You know what I'm saying? He just was an all-around good person. Yeah. And, you know, it just sucks. And I'm watching this video from SportsCenter right now. Um, Kobe, when he passed Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list, that happened – uh, on a free throw in Minnesota against the T-Wolves. And uh, tonight, you know, uh, the other night we saw the Raptors and the Spurs take 24-second violations right off the tip. Um, you know, you saw Trey Young come out wearing number eight. Him and uh, him and Booker combined for 81 shots, 81 points, and they both took 24 shots. It's just insane. Um, and and they took the eight-second inbound violations, eight too. I thought that crazy. was cool as heck, too. Uh, tonight, the Timberwolves honored Kobe. They placed the ball where – so instead of just taking a, a regular 24-second violation, they placed the ball and stopped it dead on the free-throw line where he made the the shot to pass Michael on the all-time scoring list. Aww. So um, you see just how much uh, it, it's touched every – franchise in the NBA every almost every player you know you see Tyson Chandler and tears on the bench yesterday um in a game between the, the I believe the Rockets and the Nuggets it was um and it was just it, it was insane because Saturday night LeBron passes Kobe for to get to number three on the scoring list and you think you know it's history and it happens in Philly uh Kobe's hometown and right it's Every, that's what everybody was talking about. And then, you know, I, I'm getting ready for a Michigan State basketball game, which, you know, I go all the way in on, you know, like that's that's like my laser focus. Like I kind of shut up, shut the outside world down for a little bit. Like I usually don't even go on Twitter for Michigan State basketball games. Um, and uh, I, I just check Twitter like 20 minutes before the game. And I see like uh, some athletes tweeting like this, this Kobe news can't be real. Yeah, dude, like when I saw – to me, when TMZ dropped it, I knew it was factual because to me, TMZ doing this is bad form. 
a woman shouldn't have to find out her husband and her daughter are dead through a TMZ report that, that where do they get it from? You know what I'm saying? Because the, the Calabasas fire chief came out and he said, we were on scene within eight minutes of the call. It took us an hour to put out the flames because like the, uh, it started a brush fire from where they landed the magnesium. There's magnesium, I guess in the paint or in the body of it. And that helps with the fire to burn hotter. So, like, there was no telling who these people were. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't yeah. tell who these nine people were. You just knew that Kobe Bryant's helicopter went down. So you knew that definitely maybe Kobe's in it because Kobe's helicopter is going to take off with him with him out of it. So I can understand the, the whole Kobe Bryant thing. But the fact that all these media outlets, and it, sh- and it goes to show you that these media, they'll throw out bull crap just so they can be the first one. They don't care if they're the first wrong one. You get what I'm saying? Because the, the stuff came out with Kobe. All right, it's his helicopter, most definitely. Okay, then they're saying, oh, his all his daughters and his wife were on there. That was there was five people on there. Reason. There was nine people on there. There was just his daughter. It's like you guys don't know. Yeah. Okay. The, the fire department, the chief of police came out and said, we need to do an investigation right now. We know that there are no survivors. That's all I can tell you. And for all these media outlets to go out there and just throw out all this bull crap just so they can get clickbait, just so they can get heads turned to their station. And then, oh, well, um, what really happened was that's garbage. It's bad for my TMZ. And that's why TMZ is credible, because I feel like they'll do the stuff that's just bad form. You get what I'm saying? To get their to get their story across first, they're going to go and do that. It's no, bad yeah. form. It leads to bad taste in my mouth with TMZ. But they're credible because they'll go and do those scumbag moves. And that's just the way I look at it. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, uh, it was tough. And um, it was the second time this year that it was like I was watching a Michigan State basketball game. And, you know, I'm engaged in the game, but my mind is really elsewhere. I couldn't. <laughs> I've watched the highlights a couple of times, but I couldn't really tell you too much about what happened in Michigan State's game against Minnesota. Um, you know, the, the the first game this season being when uh, Smoothie died, Cash's brother. Um, right. And there was a there was just a moment right at the end of the game. Uh, the camera is close up on Winston, and it's kind of following him at the end of the game. You know, it's got the score, it's got all his stats and whatnot. He goes up, he kind of like sneaks up on Izzo and like gives him a hug. Izzo was talking to Andy Katz and um, you see Izzo bring him, in, bring him in close and whisper in his ear and instantly you can see, you know, Cash's mouth, you, you, you can read his lips. He says, Kobe and Izzo kind of nods and he's like, Brian? And it's like just the, the shock on his face because this news broke, you know, 20, 15 minutes before their game started so they were they were in the submarine you know they weren't they weren't right anything um i mean look how, how many games were going on at that point too there's so many games going on at that point too it was just, right and you know like you know lakers and clippers were scheduled for tuesday night that one's been postponed i think that's a good move um personally i think it would be, it would be cool if uh lebron came out in 24 and like uh either Kawhi or ad came out wearing number eight or something like that but yeah, the the Pistons came out before their game wearing twenty four on the front. Yeah, um, I think in like eight on the front, twenty four or 
you know, don't quote me because I know right. I know they came out in Motor City I mean, who's, who's 24 Kobe Bryant jerseys. <laughs> right. Right. And then, um, you know, I saw that Mark Cuban, you know, is retiring his jersey. And a lot of people were like, well, it's stupid. If it's if it's if it's, uh, you know, if it's Adam Silver, you know, you know, league wide that they want to retire their jersey. I think that's cool. But, you know, Mark Cuban, dude, that's his team. Yeah. If he wants to do that, he can do that. You know what I'm saying? He had a personal relationship with Kobe. I mean, everybody knows about the left-handed three-pointer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Mark Cuban Mark Cuban was like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. You can see you do the left-handed. Kobe pulls a left-handed <laughs> three-pointer out of the corner and, and dead eyes. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban's like, that's a bad I'm out for right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's like, so people can say what they want about Mark Cuban wanting to retire his jersey, but like, have you gone through that? Have you gone through that personal experience with with Kobe? You might feel a different way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, like I hate when I'm hearing people telling people how to grieve. You know, telling people how to feel about this. You know, tell people how to feel about somebody's death, whether they knew them or not. Because whether I knew Kobe or not, dude, dude influenced my life mega, yeah. mega in ways. And even if they didn't influence my wife, wife, you know, I see this a, a tragedy on the same lines as like a Pat Tillman. You know what I'm saying? Pat Tillman, a horrible story. Pat Tillman, you know, left uh, a dream job in the NFL, making millions. A lot of us would be in that uh, position to go defend our country and die doing it. I put this up there with, with with Pat Tillman. This is to me, it's just like when Pat Tillman died and how he died and what he went through. I shed a tear for that man, dude. Most definitely, and I don't do that often. Like I told you, I I, I lived through Biggie Pac, Kurt Cobain. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what happened with Chester Bennington was horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, my heart goes out to them. You know, but like I said, I didn't grow up to aspire to be a, a thespian, I didn't, an actor, uh, a, a rock star. I grew up aspiring to be a basketball player, and I looked up to dudes like Kobe Bryant. I aspired to be a football player. I looked up to dudes like Pat Tillman. So to me, when a sports player dies, it hits me differently because I'm wired that way. You know what I'm saying? But I will never in a million years tell somebody who's crying over uh, Prince or crying over Michael Jackson or Kurt Cobain to not feel the way they do. Or that I don't understand. Because if you don't understand, bro, I, f- I feel like part of you is not human. Right. You know what I'm saying? We've all looked so, up to somebody. Right. You know, I, I, and it's and the first person you're going to go look up to is obviously going to be your parents. They're always going to be your first champions, your siblings, your cousins, your family. But there, there's always going to be outside influences in your life. You know what I'm saying? And those were my outside influences. So excuse me if I'm a little emotional. So excuse me if I find it kind of hard to you know, get some stuff off my chest or find it hard to get through that day. It's not like my priorities are out of whack because I, I, I'm i feeling a certain way over somebody that I look up to in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would never in a million years tell anybody how to feel, how to act, you know what I'm saying, when, when, when they're mourning a loss of somebody, whether they knew or they look up to. And I just think that's a bad form as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and Ice Cube said it pretty well on uh, the jump earlier today, just talking about how L.A., you know, it's a pretty divided city. You know, you got so many different types of class in that city. You got so many different types of views in that city. Uh, but the things that brought people together were these athletes like like Kobe, like Kareem, like Magic. Like Magic, right. Yeah. Um, it's just it's something that really unites people. And um is is difficult, especially when you know it feels like a week ago 
you know, uh, that that little video of him and his daughter at the the Hawks game, because uh, she said Trey Young was her favorite player, and so they just up and go to uh <laughs> to a game in Atlanta, and you can you can just tell he's he's you know bestowing some wisdom upon her, and she's ad- adamantly listening. You know, she's intently listening, taking every word as gospel, and it was just. It was it was such a nice moment to see because I I haven't really like been paying attention to Kobe since that night that they beat the Jazz and he had that sixty point sixty point right, game which right. was just iconic you know. Um, Quick I, question. I feel so recent, yeah. Where do you remember where you were during the Jazz game? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, I've talked about it on here. I, I love Draymond Green. So I'm a bit of a Warriors fan. Uh, the Warriors were playing at the same time. This was the game they were trying to go seventy-three and nine in the regular season. They were seventy-two and nine, and uh, they were playing the Grizzlies, who I also loved because of Zach Randolph and uh, Mike Conley. Right. And uh, I actually decided to watch Kobe Bryant's final game instead of uh, instead of the Warriors Grizzlies game. Now, Warriors Grizzlies ended up being a blowout. Warriors easily got the seventy-third win, and um, obviously, I paid attention i watched the uh watched the lakers game and uh that was no mistake i was in my i was in my yeah. parents basement watching that game and it was <laughs> i i was never like a a lakers fan per se i think i was cheering for them against the the celtics those two years that they played um so you know i, I never like watched kobe so intently being like come on kobe like you got this you know like I, I was an Iverson man growing up, or whatever Spartan was in the league, um, so that was, that was really like the first and last time that I watched Kobe Bryant was just kind of, I mean, I was always in awe of him, but was right really watching him in awe like that, you know? Yeah, I was in Dearborn at Bailey's Bar. I was with my beautiful wife, my and our two really good friends, um, Ian and Shelby. And all four of us just watched it, dude. And, like, like my wife, she'll watch sports, but she won't sit there and, like, like when I'm watching, like, football all day, suddenly she's like, I've been watching football all day with you. I'm watching <laughs> baseball. Can we just watch something else? And, like, we were glued to that TV because what he did on his last game, he put it all on the line because he wanted to go out with a bang. And I'm just like, that's how you need to go out with a bang. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want – I didn't want – I didn't want to see Kobe go out like Richard Jordan or like, even though they won a Super Bowl, Denver Peyton oh, yeah. because he absolutely sucked in the in the in the Super Bowl. Thank God he had Von Miller in that defense. True. But but like I didn't want him to and the way he went out it was just like it's fitting. He went out. It was awesome how he went out, dude. It was fairy tale ending and then this. And, and then this nightmare. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like one word that just comes to my head is unfair. Yeah. It's unfair. It's not, especially for his daughter, for his family, that they didn't lose just one person, they lost two. Um, right. You know, they lost his they lost his mini me too. Yeah. Everyone said it like she was like a mini Kobe. I watched an interview with him and people would come up to him and uh, like games and be like, Bro, when are you gonna have a when are you gonna have a son? <laughs> yeah. You know, and she's like, What I got this. I'm carrying on the <laughs> legacy, bro. I got this. And I would love Oh, I would have loved to see what she could have. I would love to see what kind of killer she would have been, dude. I would have loved it. Yeah, we could. You know I'm saying it just sucks. We could have been it watching just... Kobe Bryant's daughter and LeBron James's son, 
just dominating basketball for you know the rest of our lives. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you imagine that? That would have been that would have been, been so good to watch because like like being a father, you want the next generation of kids to grow up to be good kids, and like you, you see Bronny, you know what I'm saying? He's a good kid. When you see this, when you see Gianna, dude, she was a good kid. You know what I'm saying? It just kills me that kid that kids going up are might might have lost great mentors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I'm I'm thankful that that I got to see Kobe. I'm thankful I got to live through Jordan. I'm thankful I got to live through LeBron. I'm thankful I got to see the the bad boys in the early '90s of Michigan sports. I'm I'm thankful for that 100. It made me who I am. It it shaped my life, the way I think, the way I move, the way I compete. Not only in sports, but in life, you know what I'm saying? So, man, I, I, I wish, I wish my kids could, I wish my kids, I hope my kids find someone to look up to, like in their field of what they want to do, the, the way I looked up to a Kobe or MJ or even LeBron, dude, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's a, it's not just a blow for like, obviously it's a blow for their families. I don't know what Vanessa is going through or their three other daughters. I couldn't fathom. We don't want to wish that on anybody. No way. But like, like a, a lot of people, man, I don't, and I don't care what anybody says. A lot of people lost mentors when Kobe went, dude. And, uh, I'll, and future mentors in those three girls, those three girls could have been the next, you know, like uh, the next female Kobe. They could have been the next Daniel, Tar- Daniel Tarasi or, or, or Brianna. Uh, I can't think of her last name. Stewart? Uh, yeah, beyond Brandon Stewart, these girls could have been those next girls. You know, they were interviewing some of those, some of the uh, D1 college girls, a girl from Oregon who Kobe got a lot of girls from the Mamba Academy into great colleges. That's life-changing, life-changing, dude. And a lot of those girls are hurt, and, you know, it's it's a blow. It really is. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness the Lakers didn't waste any time retiring his jersey, you know, um, he, his family and him, they got to experience the Jersey retirement and the honoring of both numbers. Um, you know, thank goodness they didn't do what some sports teams do and just put it off and put it off until nine, ten years have gone by since that player last played. I think they did it like right away. Uh, so thank goodness for that. Um, right. And, and I, and I do think like uh, it, it was something totally kind of separate, but along the lines is like these athletes should you know, be alive to see their accolades. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. should be they, they should be alive to, alive to see themselves put into something like a Hall of Fame. Like a few weeks ago, I saw the video of Drew Pearson, you know, the the ex uh, wide receiver for Dallas, who, you know, was one of the best wide receivers there was, you know, with Roger Staubach over there. You know what I'm saying? And he got snubbed again and 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 you could see when he got he got pissed and walked away. And you can see the hurt in his face because he said, you know, we should be alive to see us be honored. You yeah. should be alive to see us be honored. And you know what? I'm with you, man. I wish Kobe could have could have been here to see himself going to Hall of Fame, but just know that he was going to be one of them. I hope that was, you know, good enough for him at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's eligible this year, so <laughs> best of So, oh, yeah. Happening. Unanimous, brother. Unanimous. Absolutely. Um, it's It's just tragic, and you see all of the – all of the NBA players, Tracy from Tracy McGrady, LeBron, um, Trey Young, the younger generation, Jason Tatum, 
has Bradley Beal. Yeah, Jason Tatum has outgoingly talked about how much he wants to be Kobe Bryant. You know, and he, uh, he worked with Kobe over the, the off season. Yeah, yeah. So um, Kobe, you know, uh, my boy Shannon Brown won two championships with Kobe. <laughs> I loved Shannon Brown was my all time favorite athlete when, to watch growing up, and I, was, I just remember like. Um, I was watching one Lakers game solely for Shannon Brown just to watch him, and uh, you, you can see you can find this highlight on YouTube now. But he oh the the the, the, the block. block yeah oh my god I was about to bring it up that that hands down is probably one of the best blocks I've ever seen. And Too bad that someone called it a, a right a, a foul. But I thought it was the coolest thing seeing Kobe's reaction. You know when he's looking up at the at the replay and he's like, oh my goodness, he's like. That was the coolest thing to me was like, wow, Kobe Bryant's looking at my dude, Shannon Brown, like that. Like, that says something, you know? Yeah, most definitely. I think that 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 right there, the, like the reaction you get, like if you got someone like Kobe to jump out of this friggin' shorts almost in his shoes, you did something damn good, bro. You know what I'm saying? That shouldn't have fouled. That was the cleanest block, one of the cleanest blocks I've ever seen in my life, dude. I can't believe uh, they called it a foul. My man could get up, dude. Oh my when, god! When Miles dude. Bridges came to Michigan State, I was like Shannon Brown. That's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of Shannon Brown. Yeah, uh, Shannon so had some hops, dude. That was my dude. Um, so you know, ultimately, it's just one of the most unfortunate days. Uh, but you know, we're all human. We all just gotta. We all have an ex- expiration date. We never know when it's coming, and um, I'm not gonna preach to everybody about you know, how to handle every situation, how to love everybody, you know, we all just try to do our best, you know. Right. And and in whatever everybody's going through, it's like Jay Williams says, that the S H I T is not worth it. It's not Let worth it, it, dude. Let it go. So Yeah. So I don't know about you. I'm ready to uh talk about this Super Bowl because there's another generational type athlete that I think a lot of kids look up to. Um, so if you got any closing thoughts, uh, you know, take it. No, I'm good. I'm good. Rest in peace to those, the Kobe, Jenna, all those people around the helicopter. And I hope that everybody can find the strength to move on, the power to move on. And I hope that God is taking care of them. And I think everybody should be watching that Lakers Clippers game, whenever it happens. Cause I think something special is going to happen in that game. I think so too. But, um, my goodness, I have enjoyed these NFL playoffs because those pesky New England Patriots got eliminated round one by my boy Ryan Tannehill. And now, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited I get to watch Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, dude. This is – I've waited a year for this. I'm so excited for the Super Bowl, man. Yes, and, and, and I'm kind of excited to see the Pats go to – um, Tom Brady is something us Michigan fans hold on to dearly because we have nothing else to hold on to. But even though the Pats aren't in the Super Bowl, they kind of have uh, they kind of have a, a a reason to say, "Hey, you may not have done it without us. We gave you Garoppolo, baby." So <laughs> you know, what I'm saying so. There's a little bit of you know something lingering that the Pats kind of you know. We have to get there, you know. what I'm saying, well, at, at least, at least we know yeah. some arrogant pet, pet fans will think that way. But no, I, dude, I'd I'm. T- I'd tell him Garoppolo in his eight pass attempts in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then you, uh, like, where did where did Mostert come from? I mean, this is a perfect example of you know 
just sticking with your dream. Right. Never giving up. <laughs> right. And and not only that, it's just like developing players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Lynch came in how many years ago? Two, three years ago? And he's going to Super Bowl, man. Where, where the heck did where, – where can Lions get a GM like that? We never get these good GMs that make these, like, moster down the line. Like, the, like, the, like the, to me, the last good running back besides Gore that played for uh, uh, San Francisco, Ricky Waters, dude. And they got him last, last, late, 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 late rounds. I mean, like, yeah, we, we shouldn't be wasting, like, I, I don't want to bring this out of the Super Bowl, but we shouldn't be wasting our, you know, all our big talent picks, like, up, up, you know, in the first few rounds, because look at where Moser came from. <laughs> the dude's a stud already, man, and is like look, fucking two, three years in the league. The two best tight ends in the league are going to be playing in this Super Bowl, and that's Kelsey and George Kittle. None of them were taken in the top ten. None. None. It just doesn't happen. It shouldn't be done. Um, yeah. So, so in a way, I think me and you are very jealous that um our our, our Dolphins and our Lions don't look like San Francisco or the well, Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, you said Patriot fans can take a little bit of uh, pride in Garoppolo being there. I take so much pride in the fact that uh, the best beard for radio in sports, Ryan Fitzpatrick, week 17, went into New England. Nothing to win for the Dolphins. Like, you can get nothing out of winning that game. <laughs> aside from knowing that the Patriots are going to be playing the next week and who's going to finish them off but our old boy, Ryan Tannehill. So, I take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> I take a lot of pride in that. And boy, does he have a sexy beard! I'll tell you that right now. That is a just... lot of. We'll have this discussion in the summer when there's not as much sports to talk about. A lot of people would say James Harden has the best beard for radio and sports. It's got to be my boy Fitzmagic. Oh yeah, well, it's, you know what? Now that you bring up, I mean, Harden's had it for a minute too. I mean, it's kind of a staple of his face. So, yeah. I, I, honestly, I've seen pictures of James Harden in college without the beard. I'm like, who is this? Who's that right. guy? <laughs> little chin he's like hey you know but yeah no we should do a segment like the best beards for beards for radio we should do that's a good one man but no no doubt like Fitzpatrick and James Harden are gonna be up there um this game though I'm very excited um you just talk look what the Chiefs just did in the playoffs I'm talking about falling behind 24 zip to the Texans and then scoring touchdowns on seven straight possessions uh that's just unheard of they fell behind a little bit early, too, against the Titans. But what they have this year they didn't have at all last year is a little bit of a defense. Um, you know, they make the trade for Frank Clark. They take a flyer and they sign Terrell Suggs uh, after he was cut by the cards very late in the season. They got and the honey badger. They, got the, they went out and got the honey badger. Uh, they held Derrick Henry under 80 yards, and he was just steamrolling teams. Well, and you know, you know what? I was thinking that Derrick Henry's going to keep on steamrolling, but I watched – I forget what I was watching. Um, I think it was a few days before that, and they were saying, we're going to hit Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit him low, and we're going to hit him in his legs, and we're going to take out his legs because he's a straight-up runner. Kind of reminds me of like a, like a bigger – like a way bigger and bulkier Eddie George. You know, Eddie George would use a stand-up runner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a tall guy, lean, stand-up, ran like a horse. Uh, to me, that Henry's the same way, and those guys said, we're going to hit him in his legs. And that's exactly what they did. That was it, there was no big change of game plan. They said we're going to hit him. We're going to hit him hard. We're going to hit him in the legs. We're going to wrap up, and that's exactly what they did. So I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's it's really not right. It really isn't. Not not when you have someone like Derrick Henry's. 
running freaking almost downhill at you. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like he reminded me of he reminds me of like 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 a, like a Earl Campbell, like a um Eddie George. They're just tall dudes that were like built like freaking tree trunk legs. They were built like freaking like I don't know stallions, bro. And they're running through the, uh that hole straight up. And they said, you know what? Everyone's trying to tackle this dude high. Everyone's trying to shoulder this guy. Look at him lone wrap up. Really? Like you're supposed to do? And then, right. like you said, it, it was easy enough where it worked. What I liked on the other, on the NFC side, was to see that uh, the the old uh, draft video of Aaron Rodgers saying, yeah, San Francisco's going to be upset that they didn't draft me. They're going to regret it. <laughs> yeah, they're really regretting it out, homeboy. You know, so that was my be- that was the best thing. Because, you know what, I'm not a Green Bay fan. I like Aaron Rodgers. I give credit where credit's due. I'm not a Green Bay fan. I like the fact that they lost. So No, I get that. You got to keep that. Got to keep some aspect of the uh, the divisional rivalry alive. I understand that. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. What I think is going to be key is uh, I don't think the Chiefs have seen a defensive line like the Niners are going to throw at them. I think Nick Bosa has made such a good case to be a defensive rookie of the year. Uh, D Ford, who was the one who jumped off sides when Tom Brady threw what would have been a game-ending pick in the AFC Championship game last year. Uh, he's now on the other side with San Fran. So, um, you know, the Chiefs, they fell behind early the last two games. Those were at home. I think they need to stay in their element, kind of be relaxed. I saw the pictures of them getting off the plane today in Miami, and they're all in uh, button-up Hawaiian shirts and these uh, shades. It was funny to see. Um that's kind of the attitude they got to bring to the game, you know. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I think I, I heard that they, I've heard it. I heard they have a rap, uh, a Chiefs Super Bowl rap thing, like how the uh, like the oh, Bears like the Super did Bowl it. Shuffle. Yeah, the Super Bowl shuffle. Like, yeah, exactly. Like they have something out. I haven't heard it, but I'm I'm in a I'm in a group chat with like a lot of my dudes that we play NBA 2K with, you know. And everyone's like, "Hey, who's on? Let's, oh, let's get our five five going." Um, and but we bullcrap with more, obviously more stuff than just NBA 2K. But um, someone says hey, there's a Chiefs rap. I'm like, what? Because my I'm buddy lives in uh, yes, yeah, so my buddy lives in a uh, in a uh, Kansas City, and he was like, yeah, there's a Chief rap on the radio. I'm like, what? Like the, my, my buddy's like, like the Super Bowl Shuffle. And you're like, yeah, but it's just it's just horrible. I'm like the Super Bowl Shuffle was absolutely horrible too. But <laughs> you know, so I, I, I yeah, I'm definitely well, gonna, gonna get off here and listen to it. Right. We're still talking about it 25 years later. Oh. You're, right. You're right. So I guess, you know, you know, I guess um, publicity, any publicity is good publicity at that point. Huh? That's right. Um, I got a, I got a shirt in the mail the other day, uh, a Mahomes mania shirt, just like a same design and everything as Hulkamania. I'm excited to break that out at the, at the party on Sunday. <laughs> nice. Nice. So you're rooting for, you're openly rooting for the chiefs. I see. Openly. Yep. Um, you know, my team's the Dolphins always uh, will be until I die. Unfortunately, that's just how I'm built. I can't, I just can't jump ship. Wish I could. I've tried a couple times, but. Uh, right, uh, right. Been, something been just, been br- something just brings you back. Yeah. Um, but I've really taken to Mahomes really since the start of last year. It's just been something outstanding to watch where everybody watching, you just got to know you're watching one of the all time greats, unless something tragic happens to him. Um Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And uh, just to see him last year in his second year change the league. And now we get to see him in the Super Bowl, hopefully the first of many, many more. Um, Right. 
you know, I'm I'm not a Chiefs fan because I think they they do draft those players like Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, and uh, they do go out and get those players like Frank Clark. And um, but I, from a certain standpoint, you know, I I really respect Andy Reid. I think he is one of the people who knows how to outcoach the the greats like Bill Belichick, and uh, he's come close to a Super Bowl a couple times. And uh, you know, not just for Mahomes, but I'm really hoping that uh, Andy Reid gets his ring too. Um, you know, we saw him get get to the Super Bowl and get close a couple times with McNabb. Um, man, my goodness, I've just I've kind of hitched my wagon to uh, Patrick Mahomes, kind of like how one would hitch their wagon to a Kobe or an Iverson or a LeBron, you know, or a Steph Curry. Like, right. This is just this is my dude. I've never had like a an NFL player because I always look for former Spartans or like I loved Peyton Manning growing up. Um, you know, or anybody playing for the Dolphins, I would want to win. But yeah, right now Patrick Mahomes is just my dude. Like, just has been since since last year. I saw him. I just anytime he's on TV, it's must see television. Like, oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, I I feel that like I I had a dude growing up, and his name was Jerry Rice, and I wanted to be Jerry, and I wanted to have number eighty, even though eighty four was there. I had to go with eighty four, and I. Also fell in love with Randy Moss when he came in the league, not because he was 84, but you know, but yeah, Jerry Rice is my dude growing up, so I totally understand how you feel. And like, I feel like I should be rooting for the San Francisco 49ers because Jerry Rice is my dude growing up, and they were kind of like my surrogate team when the Lions uh, uh, failed to make a playoffs appearance every single year of my life, except for early 90s, but um. Yeah, I, I, I don't have, like, a certain team I'm rooting for coming Sunday. I just want to see, like, one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen in my life. I want to see a great Super Bowl. I don't want to see – I don't care if it's high scoring or low scoring. Let me take that back. I don't care if it's high scoring, but I don't want to see low, low scoring. I want to see good scoring, and I want to see good game on both sides of the ball. Oh, from, you know, fourth quarter – from from uh, coin flip to last, uh, you know, uh, whistle. I want to see a, just a good good Super Bowl. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, any predictions you got for the game? No, you know, I, I was just thinking about like I'm like I've been thinking ever since for the past two weeks. I'm like, what's the, what's the score going to be? I don't know. I can't like definitely give you a score. Like I feel like I could be like, yeah, thirty five, thirty one. You know. Throw, throw some random arbitrary numbers that are divisible by seven and three and be like, <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, that's what it's going to be. I, I honestly, and I never do that as well, throw numbers out there. I honestly think like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, like these two teams going against each other. Like they're kind of like almost the same team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, m- minus the fact that uh, uh, Holmes is a lot better than Garoppolo, but Garoppolo is kind of like sneaky good too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, even even though he throws eight, ten passes, those eight, ten passes are pretty goddamn good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and and he's throwing them in good spots. And you know, Kittle's is one had the was one of the best tight ends that we had this year. He 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 blew out. I think uh, Gronkowski's. Uh, like tight end, like efficiency record or something like that. He can't do that without someone not throwing the ball to him. You know what I'm saying? Like he right. wasn't throwing the ball up and catching it himself. So Garoppolo had to, you know. So I think Garoppolo can fly under the radar because Mahomes is such a good position that we might free, we might pass up Garoppolo's 
I'm not gonna say greatness because we haven't seen greatness it's, out yeah. of him, but his goodness, I guess you say, his okayness. Yeah, his you know what I'm so right. So it's like I, I, I don't know what the score is. I think it's I, I, I want it to be a close game. I want it to you know, be action packed and have some scores. I just want it to be a good game, but like, I can't, yeah. I can't put my finger on it, Joe. I just really can't. There's one play from uh, the championship weekend that really stuck out to me. And that was, that was Patrick Mahomes' touchdown run right before the half uh, where any quarterback would have gone out of bounds at that point, except maybe Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes cuts to the inside, and the clock's ticking. They don't have any more timeouts left. So he's right. he's really putting his ass on the line with this. And he just makes a couple defenders miss as he cuts back to the towards the end zone and just trucks a dude right at the goal line. Just that will to win. I knew right then there's no way the Chiefs were losing that game. And I feel like as long as they don't overthink the moment of anything and they just go out and play football, I, I think it's Chiefs for the taking. And um. Honestly, unless unless the Niners D line is just so disruptive, I, I don't think it's gonna be particularly close. Like I think I think we're in for a ten between ten and fifteen point margin of victory for the Chiefs. That run, that specific one you're talking about, Joe, is gonna bring it up, and I disagree with you on that. All right. For the for a simple fact that if you go back and look, people were trying to strip the ball from him. Lay sure. stick him, stick that quarterback. If that quarterback isn't going down, you treat him like a running back, and you stick him. You know what I'm saying? This is one of the, this is one of the biggest games. You have one more game before you go into the playoffs, dude. Stick him. He he. They were arm tackling him. It's just like you're not you're not going to get that with the 49ers. They're I think the guy meeting him. him at the end zone, what was trying to not as much strip the ball as the people. Uh, well, first of all, I think the people on the sideline thought he was just going to take it out of bounds to stop the clock and avoid the hit. Um, it don't matter. Stay right. Just no. That, just that game where you, you have to, you're going to have to put it all on the line. You know what I'm saying? I know there's that, there's that chance that you could get roughing the passer or, you know, a late hit, but it's better than having him trod in the end zone, spinning through your whole secondary. You know what I'm saying? Richard Sherman and the San Francisco secondary are not going to let that happen. You know what I'm saying? I felt like, dude, why isn't anyone sticking him? He just (laughs) twirled into the end zone. People are trying to grab the ball from him. He just twirled right into the end zone. So I I get, I get what you're saying, but like I saw a little different though. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and and, 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 and that's the great, that's the great, that's the greatness about, you know, everybody's subjective views so and admittedly i have some love goggles when it comes to mahomes no <laughs> doubt no doubt like it'll, not every not every throw is going to be a fantastic like work of art but i might look at it that way just because right. i'm and, and who who knows he could pull the same run and truck and get trucked and just you know spin off of it and truck richard sherman into the end zone it could happen i don't know but but like i felt like they should have licked him right there bro they had a chance to like tattoo his ass and they didn't. So and I, you know, that's why that's why they don't deserve to be in that Super Bowl. So and I got a love a lot of love for Richard Sherman too. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I I love his post game interview uh talking about Crabtree back in twenty thirteen. That was one of my favorite moments in football. <laughs> don't get me wrong about that. Did you see the um the Rivas beef with him, the Twitter back and oh, forth yeah. recently? Yeah, that's he's like, sit on the couch. You know, I'm see, I'm back into my nuggets. So a on lot the of couch. people a lot of people wouldn't like that. I love that he 
he sweats the petty things, you know, <laughs> he, he's not going to let anything fly on his radar. He's going to make sure you hear from him. Right. Right. I, I feel the same way. I, I, I love Richard Sherman for doing that, man. I'm, and you know what? It, it, and yeah, like, like I sweat the petty things because I think the small stuff are kind of like a microcosm in like a, like a small window into yeah. that person who, who that person is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when people, like I hold a whole door open for somebody and they don't say thank you. That's a little microcosm. It's a little thing that I notice what kind of person you are. You know what I'm saying? If you want to throw little cheap shots like, like that against me, I'm going to Super Bowl, bro. Like, what are you mad for? Sit on your couch, eat your cheese whiz and your triscuits and shut up and enjoy me this Sunday going to another Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I, I, I feel him on that. I, I, I hate when people try to like throw little stuff in, little things in, because it just shows me just a little bit who you are because a lot of people subconsciously don't think that the little things they do or little things they say go unnoticed. Me, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm Kobe. I'm attention to detail. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to call, call you out on like everything. You know what I'm saying? Which it makes it successful to me because people call me out all the time. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I I'm 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 so with Richard Sherman. I called out Revis on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm gonna be cheering for the Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna be cheering for a good game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's gonna be a fun Super Bowl. It's gonna be better than last year. I I feel. I think so too, man. I think so. I think these two dynamic teams. Um, I I'm just glad it's something different. I'm glad it's not the. Uh, the path again and again and again and again. So it's refreshing. It's actually refreshing. Ain't nobody in the world happier than me that we are not seeing the the freaking Patriots again. So <laughs> preaching of the choir. The Beards for Radio podcast is sponsored by Farbar. Visit far-ebar.com to browse all of the products available. We're talking t-shirts, jackets, handbags, hoodies, flannels, reconstructed things. I can't even like put under words how original, creative all of the material you will find at far-ebar is. Farbar designs stitches does everything himself and it's good to reward small businesses and hard work so do us all a favor visit far-ebar.com and do yourself a favor and your closet a favor and get one of these products now my man Um, right right. how do we want to approach this next segment we're gonna just give a little bit of talk about the Michigan State Spartans and the Michigan Wolverines basketball uh, team. Seems like they're kind of headed in opposite directions right now. Yes, yes Some news are. today broke. Uh, Xavier Simpson is going to miss the next game against Nebraska, and then they're going to yeah. revisit it later. A violation of team rules. You never know what's going on with there. We're not going to speculate right. on anything, but um, yeah, just, we'll, we'll, we'll dive on both teams. Yeah, um, let me start off with the with the Michigan Wolverines because to me nothing's really changed. I've been saying this all year. Our big men don't bang. If you want to leave Davis in there, because Davis to me is the only one that's willing to bang with the big guys. You know what I'm saying? Like um, uh, the other day when they played uh uh Illinois again, he was fronting Kofi. 
was getting it. He was getting in front of him. He was getting inside of him. He was trying his best. You know what I'm saying? And I don't see that from the other big guys. I don't see that from Castleton. I don't see that from Johns. Definitely don't see it from Teske. My issue with Teske for the past two, three years is that he he doesn't bang. He doesn't play good defense. Um, Xavier Simpson, same thing. He's going to get his assists. He's going to do his little runners in the lane. But when it comes going to get it from him. Um, I'm kind of glad that uh, Wagner isn't exceeding expectations. I know that sounds a little weird, but um, I feel like he's not NBA ready, but mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to get there. He has a hell of a ceiling, hell of a potential. I just think he needs a little bit, a uh, little, uh, you know, uh, another year or so. I, I I don't mind the guards around him, the Julius, you know, Brooks. You know, he's he's like I always said, he's off and on, off and on. My really big question is, is if Howard is going to be able to hone his – Coaching, you know what I'm saying? I feel like uh, Martelli is, is there kind of to, like, guide him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's kind of like Jawan's really the assistant coach in, uh, in, you know, behind the scenes, and he's just kind of showing him how to, you know, navigate the collegiate coaching field. So um, and I, um, I, I just want – go ahead. I think everybody knew they weren't going to continue to shoot like they were shooting when they made that trip to the Bahamas because they were just shooting right. – at a ridiculous clip. Like it, it was, it was impressive and it was fun to watch and a little bit scary for some other teams in the country, but it was, it's, it's when you're not having those on games. And I think um, to lose two straight home games, uh, I think the game against Penn state, like you said, Xavier Simpson, he's one of my favorite players in the country. Um, I just have such a respect for his game. He, he is just a pit bull out on the court, but right. Michigan was making a run with about three, three and a half minutes left after Penn state was leading by double digits almost the whole second half and i think they get to within five i think it's 62 57 and uh penn state turns it over there's a fast break and xavier pulls up from three and we all know that's not his his strong suit the shot goes off the front of the rim and uh it's an easy basket for penn state on the other end i was just like wow you know xavier's he's having a good game but like he, he basically just ma- created a fast break for Penn State on that. And, you know, if he makes the shot, it's a different story. But um, but still, let you guys get in a position because yeah. you don't know. Like you say, you don't know. No, absolutely right, and I agree with you. Um, and, again, we're not, we're not going to speculate anything about why he's going to be missing at least the game against Nebraska. But, um, you know, and, yeah, Michigan has been playing without livers, but, you know, that's going to happen to every team. Michigan State's playing without Lankford and well, Linkson. And, right, um, exactly. Like exactly. You know, when Duke came to East Lansing, they were they were without Cassius Stanley, and they whooped Michigan State. So it's just like, you know, it's it's just part of the game. I remember uh, during the playoffs a couple of years ago, you know, the Lakers and Grizzlies were facing off each other, and it was either DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin uh, was. On the injury report, somebody asked Zach Randolph, like, do you prepare differently? Like, do you think this guy's going to play? And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's the playoffs. We've been playing for eight, nine months at this point. Like, we're all hurt. I've got ankle I've got ankle issues. You know, Conley's playing with some shoulder issues. It's it's the playoffs. Like, I think they're going to be out there because of that. Like, it's, right. just, it's part of the game. Basketball, it, it takes such a toll on your legs and everything. And I feel terrible for Livers that he comes back and – is having a decent game and then has to leave again. Um, it's just so unfortunate. You never, you never want to see that. 
No, yeah, I agree with you 110%. But like you said, it's part of the game. And um, that's why you work your butt off in practice so you can prepare for that. Because, you know, not, you know, like, 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 like Kobe, nothing's promised tomorrow, dude. Nothing is promised tomorrow. Yeah. So you, 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 you lay everything on the line and you, and, and you know, you do the best that you can. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it, it, it sucks that it happened to Livers, but, you know, they must move on from this. Yeah. You know, um, I think this is great teachable moments, not only for um, the players, but for Jawan as well. You know what I'm saying? Because he's green. Um, I, I'm just hoping that he continues to grow as a coach. He gets wiser. He gets, you know, uh, he has good mentors around him. Um and he takes this recruiting class that he has. Hopefully, hopefully some of them still stay. Um, and he, you know, I want to see what he kind of does with his recruiting class too. You know, what I'm saying like, um, I was. We said the same thing about uh, Harbaugh, but you know, his recruiting class absolutely is horrible. So, um, I want to see how he does with his recruiting class. Um, yeah, it looks like he has some studs coming in, but um, yeah, uh, at this point. Do they make the tournament? I don't know. Do they make the NIT? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't have high hopes for them coming into the season. Like I said, I just want to see them compete and not give up. And um, um, I like that Howard has fire behind him. I like that he's um, he's rallying uh, the troops in in a sort of way. But, of course, I want to see them win, most definitely. But I just knew it wasn't going to happen this year. So I'm not as, you know, upset about it. No, understandable, understandable. Um, like I said, for Michigan State's uh, game against Minnesota the other day, still a little bit foggy because everybody's mind is racing during the game. But um, I like the change that Izzo made to insert Malik Hall and Rocket Watts into the starting lineup because, you know, any any basketball coach will tell you it doesn't really matter who starts the game, but it's about the flow of the game. And, you know, when Aaron Henry came in off the bench, he did look comfortable. Like, you know, the game was coming to him and he had four steals in the game and he was aggressive and he just, at times it looks like everybody else is in slow-mo compared to Aaron Henry. It's not because he's a super fast player. It's just because he has really good vision. And I think he is a really smart player. So smart that he tends to overthink things at times. So if he just comes into a game and is comfortable with where the game is at and can adjust to the game, um, it makes it makes a world of difference for Michigan State, um, but you know, Cassius, Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman they they are the the engine for Michigan State. If they're both going, you know, their pick and roll game can be lethal, and they they can both hit shots. Um, it dropped a tough one at Indiana on Thursday night, where I think there was a little bit of miscommunication. Like, um, it looked like Winston was going to take the shot, ended up lobbing it to Tillman. Tillman, you know, you hear it all Almost the time. ready for a shot. Yeah, like you, when you get the ball, you kind of want to land and then go back up. Um, but, you know, with the clock running down, it's difficult to know in that situation. Um, but the thing that the, – the positive takeaway from the loss at Indiana was it didn't look like the loss at Purdue where they kind of got jumped from the tip and then – ended up losing by 30 to uh, an inferior opponent. I'm not afraid to say that Purdue is an inferior team to Michigan State. That's just how it is. Um, right. And against, hey, Indi- against Indiana, any day can happen. Indiana was up, I think, 16 to 5 or 20 to 8 early on. And uh, Michigan State came back. They had a lead in the second half. 
and right. um, they got some really nice parts. I really think um, next season, I think you're going to see players like Gabe Brown and Rocket Watts and uh, Julius Marble just be absolute beasts in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, catch- if you want to see, oh, go ahead, go ahead. If you want to see those guys uh, be beasts, I'm I'm really hoping that Aaron Henry has his like breakout season because I I just wanted to add in what you said about him is that when he doesn't force stuff and he look scatterbrained, he lets he lets the game come to him. I think that's when he's at his best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I yeah I I agree with you on that one. Absolutely. And um, Gabe Brown, uh, first of all, Ypsilanti Pride. He's from he's from Y Town, which is one of the most underrated towns in the state of Michigan. Um, absolutely he he has all the tools i think he's kind of growing into his body uh somebody said he looks like a newborn giraffe out there when he's not pulling up from the wings which is kind (laughs) of accurate he's got he's just a funny dude um but yeah him and rocket watts i think are the keys to michigan state's future like uh regardless of who you have at point guard next year it's going to be a substantial drop off just because you're going to be replacing an all-time legend uh leader in Big Ten assist history, as Gus Johnson called him, the all-time dime, uh, which... Nice. Uh, I'm not a huge Gus Johnson fan. I don't mind the guy, but I think that's a pretty good nickname, the all-time dime for Cassius Winston. I think that's one that's going to stick. Yeah, definitely shoes, big shoes to fill next season when he's gone, yeah. most definitely. I think it's the same thing with, with uh, Tillman. Yeah, Tillman, you know, I think, so. is going to take the jump uh, to the NBA um, oh, he will, and 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 he and he'll be very a very serviceable player, man. I, I honestly think that he's a very mature dude. Uh, you know, he's got a second kid on the way. Um, you know, he was a father by the time he got to East Lansing, so he's he knows what he's Priorities. about, and he knows it's it's not just playing basketball for the heck of it anymore. Like he's he's got mouths to feed, so that's that's that might be the main reason I think he takes the jump. Most definitely. Um, but yeah, Michigan State basketball. Um, Aaron Henry might be their best player next year, and uh, Joey Hauser will be playing. They're going to have a big-time recruit and Mati Sissoko coming in. But those three players I named, Rocket Watts, uh, Gabe Brown, and Julius Marble, I could even throw Malik Hall in there. Uh, just watch out for those four players because uh, I think they're the key. And I don't, obviously, I don't, I don't think Michigan State basketball is going anywhere once Cassius and X move on. No, no, I think I think that that's 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 the that's the Izzo, you know, imprint. You know, where they're just gonna they're they're always every team is gonna have a, a, a two, maybe three year slump down. Yeah. Two at the most, because there's there's gonna be seniors that go, there's gonna be guys that are gonna step up to those spots. You know what I'm saying? It, there, there might be a learning curve sometimes as there's not. You know what I'm saying? So like Michigan, it's a, a huge learning curve, and I think even the learning curve is also with the coaches as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I just think they, uh, they're just gonna have to, you know, nose to the grindstone and just work, work, and work, work, work. I'll just say about like the way Izzo has developed his four-year players. You know, the year after Draymond Green graduates, he brings in a player like Denzel Valentine, and Denzel Valentine was. Uh, nothing to write home about his freshman year, but by his senior year was winning the national player of the year award. And then the year after Denzel graduates, Cassius Winston comes in. And again, Cassius Winston, nothing to uh, shine your shoes about his freshman season. He's definitely exciting. But now you see the last two years as junior and senior years. Um, And again, Draymond Green, there were a lot of important big 10 games that Draymond Green just didn't even see the floor as a freshman. 
And right. he might be, aside from a team Cleves, he might be Izzo's most famous player and one he really hangs his hat on about, like, look what I can do for you, you chubby 18-year-old high school player don't know where you fit on the court. Look what I did with this, with this dude, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, that's just a, that's a, it's a Izzo imprint, man. He just he's just he's a marvelous coach, man, and he knows how to develop players. I mean, you, you have those two things. I mean, you get to get you get to get a lot out of your players, dude. So right. Um. So yeah, I'm excited, and um, I think Michigan will bounce back. I thought the same thing about Ohio State, though. Um, it's just it's been a it's been a classic college basketball year, and uh, you can't ask for anything more than that. Right, absolutely, and you know what? Come, come tournament time, come March Madness. I want to see my Michigan Wolverines in there. If they're not, oh well. Um, like I said, I didn't expect much out of them. I hope they keep on rebuilding. I hope um, John Howard keeps his passion for his school and um, you know his program, which I think he will. I really do think he will because out of all the Fab Five guys, he was the one with the head most class, and I, I loved, I love, I, I love. Jackson, Weber, Rose, I love all those guys. Don't get me wrong. But Howard, Howard was a class. He, he, had, he had some class to him. So I hope he carries it on. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he has a coaching experience. I, you know what? At this point, I really don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to – yes, he was a coach his whole life playing ball. You see how coaches act. Right. You know what I'm saying? And- he was an assistant coach for Miami. So it's like he's not, like, completely – uh, you know, oblivious to what a coach right. Some do. some people were acting like he never saw basketball before in his life. You know, <laughs> right? And I, I thought right. it would take and some I'm time. Not... I was honestly surprised um, the way they performed out of the gate, uh, especially in the Bahamas. You know, you find out North Carolina is not that good, but still, uh, the way they handled Gonzaga and I think Iowa State's a decent team. Um, you know, they'll get there. You knew it was bound to happen. You know, every freshman in basketball comes in and, you know, for a while shows what they can do. And then they hit a freshman wall for a little bit. And, you know, it's going to be the same for first-time head coaches, even if you do have a, a Phil Martelli on staff or, uh, you right. know, a, a Saudi Washington on staff. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and and he just needs to find, you know, his inner Izzo. You get what I'm saying? He's going to have to find that because um, I, I feel like Howard's going to – he wants to be here for a long time. Yeah. I feel like it's in his heart and it's passionate about it. And I can't ask any more of that. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, if, if passion is the first thing that brings you here, man, like, you're just going to have to, he's going to have to channel his inner mamba, baby. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to have to channel that mentality, too. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I just, I, I see good things coming out of Michigan. I'm just, you know, I just knew it was going to happen this year. I, I didn't expect a lot of big stuff out of him this year. It's a frustrating process at times. Yeah, it, it happens, you know, but you know what? At the end of the day, I have my health. They all have their health. We're alive. We see tragedies like what happened yesterday kind of puts your life in perspective. Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> I love Michigan sports. I'll always love Michigan sports. I'll, I'll be pissed at them when they when they lose. I'll talk crap when they lose, and I'll and, and and I'll boast them when they win. It's just how it goes. It's just how it goes for real. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're gonna get to the Mandalorian. Um, I know we're going a little bit long, but you know, <laughs> it took us a while to get here, so we're gonna take our time. Right. 
uh, Mandalorian, a really, you know, the most successful reason anybody's got Disney Plus, I think, is for the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, and did it disappoint? Not in the slightest. I got to tell you right now, thank God for Jon Favreau. Thank him for starting the MCU with Iron Man. Thank him for doing The Mandalorian. And thank him for making your favorite Christmas movie. Elf, you know, so (laughs) like, like the Mandalorian, there was no bad episode for me. There was like not, and even the end when, um, you know, uh, Giancarlo Esposito was that his name? I I hope I'm saying his right name right. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, Giancarlo Esposito. uh, Gus from Gus. I'm just gonna call him (laughs) Gus. But when he pulled out that sword. At the very end, and cut himself out of his Tie Fighter. I think a lot of people who watched the Clone Wars and watched the Rebel series was like, "Oh my God, is everything going to come full circle? Are we going to see some of these characters that we would love to see from the animated series pulled into real life?" You know what I'm saying? So, like, I would love to see that. That sword has a lot of history. It's like a thousand year old sword. It, it, it belonged to, I think his name's Pre Vizsla. He was a Mandalorian Jedi. So he was a Jedi that was also a Mandalorian as well. And he yeah. had, what do you call that dark saber that uh, Gus Fring cut himself out of the TIE Fighter with. So it's like when that, that sword scene, that little five-second scene of just seeing that sword can bring so much to the uh, the Star Wars world, it can bring a lot of stuff into canon that uh, a lot of these soy boys are like, no, it's not canon. It's not from the <laughs> 70s. It can bring so much into it. And I mean, like, and and it and to me, it ties in with the uh, Rise of the Skywalker with um with when Lando brought back all those thousands of ships. You know what I'm saying? Those ships, man, scattered in those ships are stories. Stories yeah. that can bring a lot of stuff completely full circle everything star wars so it's like at that point does everything become canon you know what i'm saying or does it even freaking matter anymore this whole canonized i'm so sick of it you know what i'm saying i'm, I'm done hearing it you know there's, there's so, so I, many like animated cartoon tv shows about star wars that would go against the grain of like what the original storyline you know it doesn't matter it's entertainment right even i mean even even video games like this new video game that came out that's starring that's starring that one kid from um shameless you know what i'm saying it's just like yeah dude there's 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 so much literature so much video games movies shows tv shows now because of mandalorian cartoons or excuse me animated series that like how could you not like just like drop this whole canon thing I'm just done with it. You know, I'm just like bringing faces, you know, have people smile, have people be in shock because all of a sudden now, now that uh, season, I think season seven or eight is coming back from the Clone Wars uh, animated series. And my favorite character is coming back. You know, I put it on our, uh, our Facebook. She's back, you know, Ahsoka Tano. She's my, one of my, if not my favorite Star Wars characters. And I want to see her, 
come to the big screen. I want to see her come at least to the Mandalorian. You know what I'm saying? There was there was reports that Rosario Dawson was going to play her in in the Mandalorian. I don't know how true that is. I think it would be cool. Don't get me wrong, but they can go so many ways with it. And I think the Mandalorian just John Favreau was friggin' genius, dude. Thank you so much for existing. You know, (laughs) while I was alive. To like bring the, to bring this stuff together, man. Because I think he has brought so much stuff together. I think this Mandalorian is kind of like in in and you know we is all comes back full circles. Mandalorian is Kobe Bryant. It's gonna bridge the Jordan era and uh, LeBron era of Star Wars is together. You get what I'm saying? You yeah. know, and you know I you know it, it's it's all about Kobe comes back full circle but that's what i believe because if you look at the timeline man like this obi-wan kenobi show that's coming out i mean all this stuff is in this timeline between you know like uh three and four you know what i'm saying it's uh, and and you got rogues built in solo spilt in and all this stuff there's like a big gap between like like episode three and episode four episode two three and four that there's so much stuff that goes on that a lot of people don't really realize how how big of a gap that timeline is you know what i'm saying so yeah and there's so many possibilities you know like you said we've already seen rogue one like look at the movie they made just out of uh the opening scene of star wars episode of the original star wars you know so right um and the the final episode itself um what was really well done uh you know you find out the identity of the mandalorian um or the uh din jarin was his name and you see a little bit of his backstory that they kind of hinted at a little bit in throughout the season right uh, uh you know he was rescued by the mandalorians as a child and you know we see his face because uh, the ig unit who just comes back and is the most badass nurse droid of all time you know uh, says, I'm not a living thing, and so it's okay for you to, for you to remove your mask in front of me, right? So it didn't count at that point. It was like, yeah, most definitely. I think it was just like every base was covered with the Mandalorian. You know what I'm saying? I think that there there was like if there are plot holes, there there they have to be like dug deep to find. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you you see the shock of the whole race aside from him and. um I don't actually know her name, but you know the the blacksmith lady Mandalorian. Like they're the last two now. Um, Kara Dune, Kara Dune is that yeah, his name? Her name? Yeah, Dune. yeah. Um, and you see where season two is going to be headed. You know he's going to be traveling to find Yoda's people or Yoda's species to like return him. So that's that's going to be super interesting because you know it's as much about Baby Yoda as it is. <laughs> The Mandalorian, anybody will tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. And they're talking about baby Yoda might be a female because, you know, um, they had uh, Yoda and Yaddle were on the council. Yeah. I think Yaddle was like, they, I think died before the Clone Wars actually happened in canon. I got to feel like a dork saying that. But, yeah, she was a, fe- <laughs> she was a female. She was a female Yoda, uh, species of Yoda. She was female. So, I mean, it wouldn't be far off be making her uh you know i think it'll 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 kind of be like uh got gotcha a lot of people because everyone thinks it's mini yoda it's gonna be it's a little boy you know what i'm saying so you don't know so i mean i'm just really excited to see where season two goes 
Yeah, uh, super excited, and um, I think that wraps up everything we wanted to get to on this one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think I think uh, they're not waiting another year for Mandalorian. I think that's dropping twenty twenty. Um, uh, I think end of this year too. So I don't think um, they're going to be waiting long to be dropping these Star Wars shows. Plenty, so plenty of time to rewatch it four or five times. Right. That's too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we got to everything we got to today. You know, we talked Mandalorian. We talked the ups and ups, ups and downs of Michigan and uh, Michigan State basketball. Right. More ups for state, more downs for Michigan. But I kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, Super Bowl and. The biggest thing is the loss of Kobe, the loss of an icon, the loss of you know a basketball it's, deity. It's one of those rare days where everybody's going to remember the date, and it's going to be talked about for you know as long as basketball is played, as long as people remember who Kobe Bryant was, it's going to be the day we all remember. So, um, uh, it's going to continue to be emotional. Um, you know, personally, yeah. I'm not cheering for the Lakers at all but you know if they go on to win a championship this year um, I'm not not gonna scoff at that one bit right most definitely and uh and just because you don't know nobody know nobody personally like Kobe and you looked up him it's okay to shed a tear it's a sad thing you're human all right so if people out there are thinking like people are weird for shedding a tear for somebody I get it I never really shed a tear for a celeb Kobe, I cry like a baby. I will admit Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people just identify with um, his mentality, the mamba, the mamba mentality. <laughs> like, how many players does their style, their brand have a, a nickname like that? You know? Right. You just, like, Jordan, black cat. Like, Jordan was the black cat. You know what I'm saying? He had that black cat mentality. And he said he was like a panther. He'd strike. Like, other than that, I really don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm talking about like, two yeah. of the greatest of all times in the sport, you know? Absolutely, man. It just it sucks, dude. It really does suck. It's extremely unfortunate. So yeah, rest in peace to Kobe and Gianna, everyone else in that horrible accident. Uh, I know Luka Doncic had uh, all of the names written on his sneakers when he laced Aww. up tonight. I think that's a great move from uh, somebody who really plays like he could be taking the torch for the next generation to see pretty soon. Uh, and you know about Luca, he's humble. I like these young kids are humble. He's humble. Zion's humble. So I hope a little bit of Kobe being a class act, you know, carries over rubbed off on them. Cause I know it did me, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm nowhere even close to being a level of a Trey <laughs> Young or Luca Doncic. So, you know, it's just, it's good to see that these young cats, these young kids are coming up or they're, they're humble in the league. And, you know, so yeah, most definitely, man, it's yeah. just, it sucks. It really does. So, uh, so we appreciate everybody sticking with us. As you know, this is the beers for radio podcast. If you made it this far, uh, you know that make sure to check out F-A-R dash E-B-A-R.com uh, for our sponsor far bar. He makes some great products. I've got lots of his stuff just hanging up in my room right now. Um, Make sure you check out Sasha on Talk and Shoot. You guys are still carrying that on. Yeah, crbradio.com or you can you can or you can find CRB Radio app on the in your in your app store as well. Yeah, you can find them on Anchor as well, which means they're on a whole lot of platforms. That's true too. So, and uh, if you want deeper nerd takes on Michigan, Michigan State football, basketball, 
Uh, you can catch me and our good friend Mike Olson on the Paul Bunyan podcast. We're not going to be recording uh, this week. We took a, a little bit of a break, just you know, uh, to recharge our batteries a bit. But you know, we're we're kind of rolling out episodes every week, so uh, you can catch me on there. And uh, Sasha, sometime you'll have to come down to Ann Arbor and uh, be on an episode with us. Absolutely, man. You know, I'm 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 close enough now. That's right. So, absolutely sweet. All right. Well, everybody, uh, hold your loved ones tight and uh, always remember the magic words to shout whenever you throw any object at any round receptacle. Kobe. Kobe. And remember, man, you have little girls. You teach them whenever they throw something in a receptacle to yell out Gigi. You know, let's make that a thing, too. Absolutely. So. So, Mamba out. Mamba out. Peace. Beards Radio. This is Sasha. This is Joe. Thank you for listening.